Running a small nonprofit can be pretty lonely. Very often, whether we're the executive director or a senior manager or leader in the organization, we don't have peers in our role. We don't have people we can connect with uh, and really support each other in a meaningful way. In small shops, we're often the only one responsible for our area of work. And that can be hard, especially when we feel like we might not be as competent, confident, or content with ourselves as leaders in the work that we do. And I've seen that come up with so many people uh, in our sector that I decided to invite my friend Kathy Archer to the podcast. Kathy is a leadership development coach, um, and she has some really great insights to share around how we can set ourselves up as leaders to support ourselves, really, to be our own best friend and hype person and help us navigate through the times when we don't feel super confident or we're feeling really challenged in our ability to get get the job done. So I'm your host, Cindy Wagman, and you are listening to the Small Nonprofit Podcast, where we bring you practical down-to-earth advice for your small organization, because you are going to change the world, and we are here to help. It's such a pleasure to to introduce you to Kathy Archer, although you may not, you may know her already because she has a podcast as well called Surviving to Thriving. And Kathy is a certified leadership development coach and also the author of the best selling book, Mastering Confidence Discover Your Leadership Potential by Awakening Your Inner Guidance System. She was in your shoes at one time. She felt exhausted, scared, frustrated, and not sure if she was measuring up to her role in the sector. And her confidence really wavered. So she decided to do something about it. And uh, she's gone through that journey herself and now is teaching organizations, leaders in organizations, how to step into their role as a leader, again, with confidence, with that I love the inner guidance system, right? We have the tools within us. We just have to access them, tap into them. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today on the podcast. It's such a pleasure to introduce you to Kathy. Kathy, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to be here, Cindy. Excited to talk and learn from you as well as have a little conversation. Yeah, I'm so I'm so excited because it's the end of January right now. And, you know, we're all coming off of the hopefully amazing holidays we all had. <laughs> I hope everyone had a good break. But, you know, we always think of January as a time for New Year's resolutions and the time to reflect on our goals for the year. And right around now, those intentions start waning. They start yep. to slowly we get back into our old habits. And so we're going to chat about how that, how we can avoid that and how we can set some meaningful goals and stick to them. So specifically around learning. So let's talk about, let's start by just talking about the importance of continued learning and what you see working with clients around um, some of the 
challenges they may face in realizing their own personal and professional goals. Yeah. So the most effective leaders are learners and they not only focus on professional development, but they focus on personal development. And so you can continue to grow and learn all of the stuff you need in your organization, your field, your sector. But as you move up the ranks, there's a lot of inner growth that needs to happen as well. And so we have to align the two. And often our performance appraisals, if we've had them in our organization, mm-hmm. so many people haven't even had a performance appraisal or haven't even set you know, work-related goals. But if you have, that's part of it. But I think, as I say, as a leader, there's so much more to your growth and development. And so we need to step back and go, what is it? How am I growing as an individual? How am I becoming a better leader? And then, yeah, what are the goals I'm setting and how am I going to achieve those goals this year? So how do we, in the absence of, let's say, uh, some of those performance evaluations, because even if we have them, chances are they're not that that effective. No, they're not. (laughs) (laughs) How do we take a step back and identify the areas that not just that we want to grow in, but that are actually going to help us uh, be better at all at the other areas that we want to improve in? Like, you know, it's easy to say, okay, well, I want to, want to learn how to be a leader more, but how do we be more specific and identify those gaps for ourselves? So with the people that I work with, I really help them go through what I call an annual analysis where it's like step back. I have a whole worksheet in my membership site that walks them through everything from emotional intelligence, leadership skills, productivity, like, well, what are all of the things that you're dealing with? And yeah, how are you actually doing with those things? Decision-making, you know, um, sticking to your wellness boundaries that you want to set, all of that stuff that leaders talk about, but struggle with, how are you doing with that? I also talk about how do you get what's called feed forward? Yes, we can look back, but what do the people around you want this year from you? Mm. And so part of that is, you know, sitting down yourself and doing some self-analysis And part of it's going out there and asking other people, but it's also starting to think about, yeah, I've got the like, you know, flavor of the month training. I've got all the required training to meet, but then what else is it? What are sort of the the core competencies of leadership? Things like, how am I at strategic thinking? You know, like, okay, so if I'm not so good at strategic thinking, how do I learn that? Like, Mm -hmm. what does that mean? How does that show up? So one of the things I've always, uh, sort of struggled with balancing is, is how do you grow the things you're good at and how do you manage the deficits? Because sometimes I personally, in my development have been like, okay, this is going well, let's double down on that and not even try on the things that I'm not good at because that's okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes it's the opposite, which is like, I actually need these skills How do I build on those deficits or fulfill them? And, you know, the other stuff is working well. So how do we prioritize or make decisions around those, I'm those sort of conflicting feelings. So what I tell people is focus on your strengths and there's, you know, I, I use the virtues and action strengths finder or the Gallup strengths finder, like figure out what your strengths are. And then, the, the thing about your lesser strengths or your, your you know, deficits are bring them up to competence. So mm-hmm. I think sometimes we think, oh, that I have to really learn this and understand it. And, you know, for example, Excel, 
like, okay, I don't know Excel. How do I figure out Excel? You got to be competent at it, but you don't have to Excel at it. (laughs) And so I always say, bring your, your weaknesses up to a level of competence and then delegate it hire out for the for your deficits find somebody who can fill those gaps and i think that's where we often get struggled in struggle in nonprofits is we think well that's not their title and that's not their role and that they doesn't fit in their job description but if they're good at it then let's use people's strengths a little bit more i love that um and i think that's a great way of looking at it we can't have like huge gaps but we don't have to double down on the things we just exactly. need to know baseline. Um, all right. So we've, we've identified the areas. Well, actually, before we go into the next steps, I'd like to hear from you, what are some of the more common learning goals or areas where you see leaders in our sector need to improve or like, you know, the, the priorities that come up over and over again. Number one is emotional intelligence. Mm. get triggered so much and we spend a lot of time annoyed, stressed, anxious, dealing with conflicts. And we haven't learned, and especially as women, because I do a lot of work with women leaders, we've been taught to shut our emotions off and not manage our emotions. And so that's one of the biggest things that I see people needing to learn is, you know, how do you figure out what's going on inside you and manage it, not shut it off. So for example, I was talking with a lady yesterday and she said, but Kathy, you go into a meeting and they say, you're, you're being too emotional, you know, like you're a woman and you're being hysterical and you're, you're being too passionate. And she said, how do I deal with that? And I said, but that's a trigger for you. And mm. that triggers you to shut down or push back. And so either aren't very helpful for you. And so how do you learn to manage that? You know, like I got hooked, I'm annoyed. It's like, I can't like stop, you know, feeling that. Because that's going to drag into the next meeting and the next meeting and tomorrow and the next you know month when you have a meeting with this person, that's going to be the first thing that you remember is they said you were too emotional. And so if you can't learn to manage that emotion, then you're in trouble. Yeah. I mean, if you're listening to this, don't tell anyone they're too emotional. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wow. But that's, that is a really difficult situation uh, to navigate. I imagine that in that situation, it's probably someone like an executive director who's being yes. told by a board member that they're too emotional, which is highly yeah. inappropriate. Highly but there's that power dynamic and, yeah. you know, that makes it really, really challenging. Yeah. Um, so then the other thing I would say in terms of what things people need to work on is understanding their values, beliefs, morals, ethics, so they can lead with integrity. So that's often, again, mm. while we're struggling with our emotions is because I value something, I have a belief in something, but I'm not living that. I talk about it as your, your, you, you have a list of things that are important to you and then you live them. And if you have this list, but you're not living them, then you feel like crap. And so you need to figure out, you know, what are my values? How do I make value-based decisions? How do I bring values into how I prioritize my time? All of that kind of stuff. That's a big one. I love that one. I mean, that's something that I work on all the time and it's scary and hard, but uh, it is so important. Yeah. All right. So, so these are some biggies yep. uh, that we want to learn and develop our own competencies. And I want to say resiliency in, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. So how do we then 
create that, uh, you call it a curriculum, right? How do we develop our skills around that by looking at this really as an education or learning journey? Um, And where do we start? So the first thing to start with is the goal. We're, you know, late January. I'm assuming you've kind of thought about some goals, but if you haven't, you need to look at what the goal is. We're teleological beings. So that means we want a target. And so if the target is, I want to lose this amount of pounds, or I want to take this many steps, or I want to raise this amount of money, but you need a target. And with some of these kind of goals, it's harder to sort of define them. And so you have to really think about, okay, you know, if I'm more emotionally intelligent, what does that mean? How does that Mm. show up? So it might be, I can get through a staff meeting without feeling like I want to throttle somebody across the room or, you know, fall apart and cry. (laughs) You know, that might be what the measurement that you're going for, Uh, you know, so it's, it's first coming up with the goal, the target that you're looking for. The second thing is what's called your pathway. How are you going to get there? What is it that you're going to do to become a more emotionally intelligent person or to lead with integrity or to be a more strategic thinker? And so if you take strategic thinking, oh, how am I going to get there? Well, first I need to learn what strategic thinking really is, how to become a, like I need to learn stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So that's sort of your path. So goal path. And then the third one is tools. I always think because I'm a learner, if I don't have a binder or a book or something I'm doing, I'm not learning, right? A journal, uh, you know, uh, pen and paper. uh, If you're looking at, you know, balancing your life more then maybe it's your calendar and you're ticking off how many times you shut the laptop down at 430 when you said you were going to. That's that's a tool, right? Mm. Um, So it's that goal. It's the path and it's the tools. And then what I do with my students is I really make them write that down, like create just like you're in university or you're back taking a a college course. What's the syllabus? What's the timeframes you're going to do that in? And this becomes, you know, I think often we wait for our organization or our board or our boss to say, here's your learning goals for the year, right? Or, Or they'll come back and say, what do you want to learn? And you're like, whatever you think I have to learn to do this position. And this is different. This might be in addition to that, but you really have to take ownership for it. Mm. Oh, I I love those, um, those three, like the goal, the, the pathway and the tools. Um, I'd love, can we lead into that? And one of the examples you gave, so let's say it's emotional intelligence, because I think that a lot of people will look at that or hear that and say, okay, I can, I can learn that there's like a curriculum for this. (laughs) Uh, And, and truly most leadership skills are that kind of journey, right? It's not like we look at uh, traditional education or what have you. So how would we, using that example, walk us through the goal pathway and tools that you would maybe recommend to someone? So let's say that we use that example. The goal is to be able to manage my emotions during staff meetings, to leave staff meetings feeling composed as opposed to falling apart or freaking out. Um, And so you might sort of, you know, note I have staff meetings once a week or once a month or whatever. And you might just kind of create a Likert scale, you know, on a scale of one to 10. How did I feel? Falling apart held it together. And you just something loose like that, where you just quickly give yourself a score. So that can sort of be your goal is I want to move from, you know, a two to a seven, 80% of the time. I mean, you don't even have to get that specific. You can just sort of say, do I feel better? 
So that's kind of that, that goal place. The pathway is, well, like I say, first I need to understand what emotional intelligence is, and then I need to learn how to do it. And so you might go find a course, like a mini course, you might go YouTube it, you might find a book. So when I was talking with a group yesterday, so emotional intelligence is about self-regulation, which is all about willpower. And so I teach a course in my membership site all about willpower, but you might also go grab Kelly McGonagall's book on willpower. You know, she really teaches you how to manage your willpower. So those are a couple of the tools, right? And then journaling. Well, I might need to sort of look at what triggers me. What are my triggers? You know, why, why am I, you know, going through 10 minutes and all of a sudden, bam, my test, chest is tight and I want to shut the meeting down right now because um, I'm done. Like what triggered me? What thought? What was the value? What was my judgment? What was my opinion? What did they say? Right? Like, so that might be sort of journaling it. Mm. And so that might be what you do is you sort of say, Sam, this is my goal. And after each staff meeting, you know, that end of the day, I'm just going to sit down and go, where did I get triggered? What was, you know, what happened? Just make some notes, go back to that and go, okay. And then we talked about this when you were on, on my podcast, I teach the inner guidance cycle, pause, ponder, pivot, proceed. So that's that pause piece, like stepping back going, what happened? And then that ponder around, you know, what were my emotions or my body sensations? What were my thoughts? What were my feelings? And that gives you that learning place to kind of go, oh, I don't want to keep doing this anymore. Like, mm. I don't want that person to have that much power in the, over me. I don't want to feel that lack of composure all the time. I just want to, you know, shift my mindset. And so that's when you do, you start to shift that mindset and, and you just sort of learn over time how to start letting that go. Mm. I I love that. And I want to talk a little bit about the pause, ponder, power, um, <laughs> pause, ponder, pivot, proceed. Pivot. So I can't even read my own notes. Um, let me read. But I also want to talk a little bit about what, what could be a bit of a rabbit hole, right? Oh, like good. with that example, I could see that that process might open up more areas like that in learning and and developing those skills it might cascade into like okay now I need to learn this and I need to learn that mm -hmm. so it could be that like some of the triggers in in these meetings have have nothing to do with emotional intelligence but a different thing that I'm yep. dealing with and so how do we balance or even prior like how do we yeah how do we balance or how do we manage this process so that it doesn't become too much because we can't change. And I certainly think at this time of year, when we're looking at like what we want to accomplish and when we make our resolutions, we probably make a few too many. Uh -huh, <laughs> so uh -huh. how do we contain this so that it becomes or, or main, be, stays, I was going to say maintain, stays yeah. meaningful and doable instead of spirals into just feeling like, well, I can't yeah. do any of it. Yeah. If you think about if you're taking a, a course, it's got a time frame, right? And there's there's the class time and maybe study time. And so it's the same thing. Create what you want. I'm going to spend a half hour a week on this. That's it. Right. Yeah. Whatever you want to do, like make it reasonable to you. 
But I also suggest scheduling that in because if you don't, Mm -hmm. it'll never happen. You know, I'm going to read every Saturday morning for 15 minutes, whatever. I'm going to journal three days a week for 10 minutes. That's it. And, you know, starting to just create those little timelines. The other thing with that is, so having somebody to help hold you accountable, look for a mentor, a coach, uh, peers. I know one lady has, you know, a group of EDs that get together you know, what is it that will help you sort of learn and grow as well? Because it's not only a book or a journal or a course, it's other people. I mean, there's so much to learn from other people. It might be simply, you know, I want to expand my knowledge around this. I'm going to listen to Cindy's podcast every week. That's it. That might be your tool. It just might be that that way of learning and growing. But it's a commitment to that. And then it's that commitment to, you know, I'm going to take one action step from every podcast I listen to right? Mm-hmm. It's not that I'm just going to listen to it. And it's just sort of background noise while I'm cooking supper. It's like, I'm going to action this podcast that I'm listening to. Yeah, that is a great point to move forward on because I think that's the other thing, right? Like very often our learning journeys might just be like, okay, I'm going to read a book or yeah. I'm going to listen to the podcast. And we sort of set up these and it, it brings us back to the target path or the goal pathway and tool. Yeah. Uh, but I think let's be explicit about what does it take for us to actually not just intellectually know something, uh-huh. but to practice something. Yes. Become proficient. Yes. Well, and that's when I go back to that list and live it, right? I can have this list of all these wonderful strategies as a leader and things I need to do. And I, you know, I've learned I need to give more feedback to my team and I need to create engagement and, you know, I need to follow up with my employees more regularly, got this wonderful list, but if you never actually do it, you know, you're still, then you're still feeling that inner friction because you value it, but you're not doing it. And so then you feel like a piece of crap too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So any tips on how we can build, as you said, schedule it, which I think is a huge one. Um, We talked about sort of containing it. uh, So we're not trying to do all the other things. Um, I think the other piece is the pause, ponder, pivot and proceed. So let's talk a little bit about how we can start to practice or put in, build these learnings into our daily lives so that again, we, we achieve those learning objectives. So walk us through that process and, uh, and what's going on when we go through that. So I think just the act of pausing to think about your goals is the first step, right? Step back, pause as leaders we're go, 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 go. I think of it as like whacking moles or sending emails and, you know, going to a meeting and we're getting this done and ticking this off the to-do list but we never step back and stop. And so that's that pause piece, right? Stepping back. And then that ponder piece is, yeah, what, what are my goals? What, how do I want to develop? You know, what do other people say? What's the feedback? What's my own desires? What's the direction my career wants to go regardless of the position I am. That's all of that. You know, you're really starting to think things through then that, you know, when you start to pivot, you're like, okay, this is the, you know, there's, 20 things I could do. This is the one thing that I want to focus on. And I actually get people to think about quarterly. So three months Mm -hmm. at a time, I think a year is far too long. Agreed. Yeah. Three months at a time, review every three months and regroup and reset. So, so we talk about that quarterly plan 
And then this is why I call it a curriculum. I think if, if I say I'm going to read this book by, you know, March 31st, March 20th, I'll be like, oh shit, I better read this book. <laughs> so when you create the curriculum, you're like, okay, chapter one to three, I'm going to finish this week. And you break it down into those more reasonable steps and you, and then it doesn't feel so overwhelming. And then there's some inner accountability. Again, I love like, you know, a little checklist that I do this chapter this week. That's it. It's just like your Fitbit or your, you know, whatever system you use, create those inner sort of tools to monitor yourself. The other thing you can just create some accountability. If there's somebody else, you know, okay, will you check in with me and make sure that I'm doing this? Mm -hmm. And so you pause, you do some pondering and you think about what you want. The pivot is starting. Okay. This is the direction I'm going. This is what I'm going to work on. The proceed part. So if you're if you're thinking about this in terms of emotional intelligence, I pause, I step back, I look at how mad I am. This, my you know my chest is tight. I'm ticked off at this person. And then that pivot is: is this helping the meeting go forward? No. Okay. So what do I need to do? Take a deep breath, chill out, right? So that can be in that process. But here, it's getting back into action, saying these are the dates I'm going to do it. Scheduling in the end and then getting it done. Proceeding is actually doing the work you said you were going to do, yeah. right? And and so then you can recycle that again and quarterly. Like pause again. I actually tell people to do a weekly review. Like you know, just quick. How yeah. did I do this? Five minutes. Where am I at? Um, and, you know, keep going through that cycle. I love that. And I see that cycle as not just with the developing and staying accountable to your curriculum, but also in managing your changed behavior or changed habits. Yes. Right. Yes. And so I think that it shows up kind of, it's like at these two levels, which is the high level and the, yeah. the process. But I think it's also worth talking about that. And you you kind of gave that example of in the meeting, how do we run through this little yeah, cycle yeah. in a micro level? Um, is there anything else you want to say about that? Because I think that that piece is um, it, my understanding of like how we learn and how we change our habits and behavior yeah. is that like is working on both those levels, like the high yes. level, the, yes. the broader thinking, but also catching ourselves in the moment. Yeah. Um, in, in my book, Mastering Confidence, I talk about um, reminders to do the pause. So set mm -hmm. reminders on your phone or your computer to sort of, you know, if, if you're, one of your goals is just to sort of relax and de-stress, you might be practicing mindfulness or you might be practicing what's the emotion I'm feeling in the moment, or am I, you know, present and working on balancing task and relationship right now, or have I forgotten my people for the last six hours? Um, and so a timer, you know, an alarm can go, oh, it kind of jumps you out of that. And uh, I was listening to somebody yesterday, uh, strengths-based, and he says, when his timer goes, his question is, what strength am I using right now? And I thought, oh, mm. brilliant, right? Like just ways to pause quickly and go, yeah. How am I leading with integrity in this moment or whatever you yeah. want to ask? I do that a lot before I respond to emails or things, mm. situations where I think I pause because yeah. especially hard emails where someone who's not being very nice. And I uh -huh. think, what do I want the outcome of this interaction yes. to be? Yes. That's that pondering. Yeah. yeah. And then what can I do or not do? Sometimes I just don't respond because there's not, no helpful way to move that forward without making it worse. And so yes. I just back away. But I've 
I've learned and practiced that a lot is to not actually be responsive and to build that pause into how I work. And I found, I want to, I want to highlight what you just said there. How do I want this meeting to, or this outcome to be? We can get into the pondered stage and instead of pondering, regurgitating this, this is ridiculous. I can't believe they did this. This is never going to work out. And we just go around and dig that deeper and deeper <laughs> True pondering in that in the way that I think of it is forward motion. Yeah. So here I am. So stop a moment and check where you're at. Tune into your body, your your body sensations, your thoughts, your feelings, and where do I want to be? Right? Because if I just keep digging that deeper, I'm just going to get crankier. Yeah. I heard a great podcast with uh, James Clear, author mm-hmm. of Atomic Habits, and yes. he said uh, as part of our learning to be. So he's the pause where do I want to be or who do I want to be? And yes. what would that person yes. do in this situation? And yeah. I what thought would my best self do here. Yeah. 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 Cause it's very action oriented. It's not yeah. like, how would I think, or how would I feel but like, what, what would someone, what are the decisions that that person would make and how do I make yes. those decisions? And, and that's, a, that's a perfect example. So it might be, what would my best self do if I was leading with integrity? How would I answer this? Uh, who, who is the person I'm becoming? How would they deal with this? So that might be your tool. I'm going to ask those three questions before three decisions this week. That might yeah. be simply it, right? Yeah. Is I'm going to use that self-reflection tool to manage what's going on. Mm. I love that. I love this conversation. And I, I just, I love talking to you, Kathy. <laughs> Likewise. Um, so we, so we have this sort of 90 day goal setting and learning curriculum, um, that presumably we rinse and repeat every, uh, every 90 days. Uh, is there any, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you think is integral to that process? Because I mean, we've covered a lot in a short period of time. Um, but yeah, what, what else do you want to add to that? I think the last thing I'd want to say is I think a lot of what we're talking about, people will think of as soft skills Hmm. and they're actually critical skills. And that's what I say, as you advance in leaders, leadership, these are the things you need to learn. You've learned the basic skills of your organization or your sector or whatever you do. Now it's time to develop that inner growth. And there aren't a lot of sort of, you know, there, I mean, you can go to university and take that next level leadership course, but if you don't have time for that, or don't want to do that, this is how you have to do it. You have to really look at what your own stuff is and where you want to go and how you want to develop that. And we're all different. Um, And that's why I say you create your own personalized curriculum. This isn't sort of the flavor of the month or everybody's isn't going to look the same. If I'm looking at emotional intelligence, I might learn it this way. You might learn it a whole different way. And yeah. so it's, it's really going, okay, this is about me becoming a better person. And how do I do that? And if yeah. you want to call them soft skills, go for it. But I think they're the critical skills. That for sure. I mean, I've, I have had that conversation many times. I used to work at a business school and that was the biggest, um, you know, factor that people try and, and identify when they're hiring and all that kind of stuff. It's the hardest to quantify, but it's the most critical to performance. But I also want to sort of on that note, talk like sort of maybe end off on the idea of professional development within organizations, because we know, especially for small organizations, there 
there's not big budgets. And very often we don't have, you know, there might be some professional development and most in my experience, but I know this isn't true for everyone. Often we focus on the quote unquote hard skills, like how to get better at this or that. Um, And likewise, actually, I think at conferences and where we teach large groups of people, it's very often the specific tactics and not the um, other areas of leadership. So how can we embrace this if we don't have the organizational support or if this is a personal journey that uh, we know we want to go on to become better leaders, whether or not we're in a formal position uh, to have a quote unquote power within. Yeah. Yeah. I think you just decide. I think that's part of just saying this isn't about my job title or my job description or my role. This is about who I'm becoming as a person and as a leader. And and you can think future career path. And I think you just make that decision. I, you know, I often think we have a victim mindset, like, oh my God, like you say, we don't have enough money for training or, you know, we're, we're out of time this year for that. And I think you have to go, okay, yeah, sure. And how am I going to take responsibility for this? I talk about it as being response able. I'm able to choose my response to my own learning and growth. I'm able to create that. A lot of the women that I work with, Uh, so my membership site is really cheap and low cost because a lot of the women I work with are doing it on their own. It's not the organization paying for it. It's not, you know, this, you know, you know, annual sort of staff dollars that they're using. They've, they've decided I want to grow as a person. I want to become better and I want to be a better leader and I'm going to invest the time. And it's not a lot of time. That's I mean, we're talking about 15 minutes here or there, you know, we're talking about just being more conscious about it and being more structured about it. Mm. And more and more, I'm seeing uh, people who teach in the sector, and and this is true of us as well, like we might have some things and some opportunities to work with us that require a big investment, you know, but between books and podcasts and online courses and other things, there's, there's so much available that's not a lot of money. But I think when I just had this conversation with someone like the more specific, there's also a lot of information out there. Oh, tons. And so I would say if you took anything out of this, I love Kathy, how you have been very specific with pick that one goal. Mm. You do not need to learn all the things right now. Pick that one thing that you want to improve on, be specific and then be focused on that before moving forward to the next thing. Yes, very well said. <laughs> Kathy, where can our listeners connect with you and learn more, more about your work and listen to your awesome podcast? Absolutely. So if you go to kathyarcher.com, you will find slash podcast will take you to podcast. If you go to kathyarcher.com slash library, that will take you to my membership site. And, and you'll also find my book is on that site or on Amazon as well. I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, you know, just find me wherever you want to find me. Thank you so much. And I, yeah, I love the conversations you're having in our sector. So thank you for, for doing the work that you do. And of course, to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in and uh, keep up your momentum with your learning. We'll see you next week. Well, folks, that's it for today's episode of The Small Nonprofit. 
I'm your host, Cindy Wagman, and this show is brought to you by The Good Partnership. As a reminder, if you want more resources around raising more money for your small nonprofit, visit thegoodpartnership.com and download our free fundraising strategy guide. I'll see you next week.